classic 80s metal. Symphonic death metal opera. But I've got to be in the mood to listen to Black Sabbath. Many of our listeners weren't even born then. Back for Chicago, very progressive. I can see there are thrash elements. You are a metal paradox. A stunning vision of death metal. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and goth. Florianton will surpass Halpert as the iconic heavy metal singer. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Welcome back to the Great Metal Debate Podcast, the show where we argue about metal, interview artists, review albums, and talk with fans. This is episode 51, recorded in the waning days of 2017. And this is our annual episode where we count down the best metal albums of the year. In this worthy endeavor, I'm joined by my co-host, Brian. Brian, are you ready to talk metal? Oh man, I'm always ready to talk metal, dude. So let's get started. Let's kick some ass. Let's tell these people what they need to listen to. Man, it's been a great year in metal. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about these albums. There's a lot to talk about. I would venture to say that we have a drastically different list. So let's get started. We'll start off with your list. First, why don't you tell us about your honorable mention? The first album that I have is Demon Hunter, Outlive. Demon Hunter is just a great uh, band. They've got several albums out. I think this is their seventh album. I actually picked an EP by a band that came out in the 90s called Terror, and they're sort of a metalcore, you know, hardcore metal band, and they had an EP, a new EP called The Walls Will Fall, which I loved a whole lot. Cobra and the Lotus, The Prevail One off Napalm Records is an amazing album. Anytime Except puts out an album, I got to recognize it, and so The Rise of Chaos is an amazing piece of music. I love George Lynch, and so Lynch Mob put out The Brotherhood this year. And then, of course, one of my favorite guilty pleasure bands is King Parrot. They put out Ugly Produce off a of house chord. And then one of my favorite sort of throwbacks to the 80s tribute. Uh, it's not really an 80s tribute band, but they just sound like an 80s band is Savage Master. And they had an EP called Creature of the Flames. Stacy Savage has this excellent voice to scream and just like she curls your blood. And then um, another one that I uh, listened to, which I actually saw in concert this year, was Gruesome. And so they put out Fragments of the Psyche this year. It's just a great honorable mention list. All those albums that I wanted to put on there just couldn't get to it. 20. I'm going to start with a new band that I discovered last year called War of Ages. And they just put out an album. And I heard some of the music up front from it. And based on just like five songs, I picked that album. It's called Alpha. And it's from Face Down Records. I love that War of Ages sprinkles the same old head and heart-pounding rhythm with intricate and metalicious leads, man. The dudes that play lead guitar for this band set it apart from every other metalcore band that there is, and this new album is amazing. It's full of energy. It's full of intensity. The lyrics are varied with intensity, and they just bring it. Every single time, they bring it, and it just grabs my attention every time. I had received your list of your top 20 albums, and I went to look up this album and saw... This hadn't been released, and then I reached out to you and was like, have you got the promo copy you can send me to listen to? And you're like, no, I haven't even listened to this album. How on earth could you put an album on your top 20 of 2017 
that you hadn't even listened okay. to. Listen, Dick, here's the thing, man. This is what you don't understand about music. Sometimes it is about loyalty to a band. I love this band, and I'm going to give them the chance to make the list. It, it, it's band loyalty. It's something you don't understand. I think I understand more and more how you come to this list of terrible music when you don't actually listen to the album. Let me go on to 19 before I get pissed off already. 19. Number 19 coming in for me is a band that actually started in the 80s. It's a very familiar actor, Ice-T, that is the lead vocals in this band. It's Body Count and Bloodlust from Century Media. And here's the thing. If you ever wanted to know what a rapper singing metal might sound like, here it is. So I find myself listening to this album a lot. I really enjoy it. He speaks a message with his lyrics, and it's basic, driven, hard-driving metal. 18. Let me ask you this, man. How can you not, how can me, the 80s metal guy, not love a band that makes their living off parodying bands from the 80s, man? At number 18 is Still Panther. Lower the bar from opening music and cobalt. Listen, I've seen these guys in concert. I've heard all their albums. But I'm telling you, they make good music from the 80s. And it's traditional power slash glam slash hair metal. And I unashamedly love it. This band writes terrible music for people who want to laugh at metal. This is music made by people who don't understand anything about metal. They lampoon metal. They're a lame parody with these awful, annoying lyrics, terrible imagery, and the saddest thing is, Brian, you have people shouting metal at these concerts, openly embracing these terrible stereotypes. Steel Panther just makes money off making fun of metalheads. Anyone who listens to Steel Panther is a sellout. Yeah, you can sell my nuts, big boy. Let me move on to number 17. 17. Tankard, one foot in the grave from Nuclear Blast Records, released back in May. This is a German band that's been around for about 200 years and has added yet another incredible, gut-punching, ear-bleeding, rocks-in-your-windpipe, metal-on-metal album. These guys live the life. They don't have to talk about their feelings and present synthesizers to everybody. They drink beer, they party, they play guitars really freaking loud, and there's nothing you can do about it. This is metal at its finest. We're four bands into your list, Brian. We finally have a band that I think is actually metal. I don't think Tankard is very compelling metal, but I'll give you points. You finally have an actual metal band, so kudos to you. As usual, you're wrong, but let me move on. 16. The band Make Them Suffer with their album Worlds Apart, released back in July off Rise Records. Listen, here's what I might grudgingly call my most ho-hum album on my list, except for one thing. I've listened to this shit all the time. It's part of my work playlist. At times it's soothing. At times it's ass-kicking. It's just a great all-around metalcore album. 15. Moving up the ladder here, coming in at number 15, is the incomparable Iced Earth with their newest album, Incorruptible, from Century Media that they released back in June. Stu Block may be the best metal vocalist going today. John Schaefer and the boys are excellent musicians and writers, but it was just a little too slow and plotty to put in the top 10 that said this album is incredible it, it it's not a theme album but it's it tells a story it has a certain feel to it 14 
Battle Beast, Bringer of Pain from Nuclear Blast that was released back in February. Listen, with this band and this album, we've got Priest, Nightwish, and Elvete all rolled into one. It's, it's sort of my version of good symphonic metal. And, and if you ask me if they took the organ music from their tracking, this may have been the album of the year. The vocals, the incredible guitar playing, and the writing that is incredible makes one kick-ass album. Thirteen. All right, at unlucky number 13, maybe appropriately so, we come in with Guar at the Blood of Gods. Guar is back, and I love this album. You wouldn't know it to look at them, but Guar is intelligent music. They accomplish with sarcasm what liberal congressmen do by going on Face the Nation. The album is diverse and interesting with very little downtime, if any at all. The new vocalist, Blothar, gets the job done, and his performance comes off as both tribute and replacement for Odious. And then part punk, part thrash, part death metal, part silly, this album is good from cover to cover. Twelve. And coming in at number twelve is Unleash the Archers with Apex off Napalm Records, released in June. I truly think Unleash the Archers has come into maturity. They toyed with true power and thrash on time to stand still, but listening to this album... This is the Unleash the Archers that I've always wanted. The Matriarch, some of their tracks are just so good. And to hear Britney Slays just roaring out those vocals like I know she can, I, I was inspired by this album. An outstanding effort by Unleash the Archers. If you had the opportunity to go see this band live, oh, who would it, be dick. so stupid as to pass that oh, up? I don't. I would. You're never going to let me live that. I'm going to see them on this tour. I swear to God, I'm going to her house and listening to him practice if I have to. Eleven. War Beast. Enter the arena from Housecore Records. Now, this is probably the truest death metal album on my list, although some would label it thrash. And all I know is that it is unapologetically harsh and violent in its delivery. It's got a very limited range of variation in its delivery, but but this just goes to highlight my philosophy that once I find something I like, I stick with it. And here's you know, and just Kind of on a special note, we're going to send our prayers and well wishes out to Bruce Corbett, the vocalist, who was diagnosed with esophageal cancer this year and was told he'll never be able to perform again. I, I think about that. Can you imagine your lifelong passion not being able to pursue it again? Ten. We're getting to the meat of the problem here. Coming in at number ten is Havoc's Conformicide from Century Media. Listen, if you like Havoc, you'll like Conformicide. It's a step farther in talent and inventiveness. Listen, the new bassist kicks ass. It's musically technical with a huge variety of thrash riffs. Intention to Deceive is the best video from this album, and you should check it out. I promise you, if you're a thrash fan, you're going to love this album. And by the way, you're going to have to accept that, Gumthog. Thrash is back. Like it or not, Havoc is one of my favorite bands. And I think this album is a step beyond what they've done every time before. Nine. Let me get to the one of the best picks that I have on this list, Obituary, with the self-titled album, Obituary. Fucking Obituary, man. This band does what they do so well. And sometimes exhibiting a little more thrash than I remember from other Obit albums, Obituary is an album that leaves a mark and a strain on your neck muscles, man. And listen, of course my opinion could be biased, as they were hands down the best show I saw last year, and I was obsessed to hear and possess all things obituary afterwards. 
And I have to say, this was one of my most anticipated albums of the year, and it didn't disappoint. Let me move on to number eight. Eight. Overkill. The grinding wheel from Nuclear Blast. Now listen, man. Here's another 80s thrash band. They started in the 80s, and they're doing what 80s thrash bands do. It's a time-honored algorithm that works for me every freaking time. You won't understand this because it's about band loyalty, and I know that you're not into that. You just throw people away after you're done with them. But this Overkill album is consistent with what they have always done and what I imagine will continue to be done until they're in wheelchairs and walkers, and they're not far off that now. Brian, didn't they release this same album in 1988? They did, man. That's what's great about it. This is just so dated. Seven. All right, listen, man. Sepultura is my number seven pick with Machine Messiah from Nuclear Blast. Listen, Sepultura's Machine Messiah was my album on the list that I actually had to grow into liking. When I first heard it, it seemed too, I don't know, know, kind of experimental is the word that I want to use there. It had a definite prog element here. But it builds on the traditional metal aspect. There are slow, melodic songs, and then they hit you with songs like I Am the Enemy. And there are songs which encompass both elements like Aletheia. Not classically Sepultura, but it definitely grew on me in one of the most memorable albums of the year, one that I grew to love quite a bit. Six. I want to talk about Mr. Big's Defying Gravity from Frontiers Music, released back in July. Listen, one of your most consistent and biggest criticisms of my music is that it's not real metal. Mr. Big's album, Defying Gravity, has been described as hard rock by many reviewers, and I could see where that comes into play. But Mr. Big is one of the most musically talented bands that started in the late 80s and has endured the test of time with a small but devoted following. I include this on the list, Gomthog, because I love the intricate guitar and bass licks by Paul Gilbert and Billy Sheenan. It takes me back to 80s metal that got me into metal in the first place. Two of the most talented musicians to grace a band, put together new music that captivates and stretches the metal musical mind with fast and at times heavy riffs. Just listen to the title track, Define Gravity, and you'll see it's why my guilty pleasure of, of the year. It's amazing freaking metal music. I have no problem with you liking this album. <laughs> And if you want to listen to this album, more power to you. It might be the best album of 2017, but this is the definition of album-oriented rock. This is hard rock. This is hard rock like Rod Stewart or the Foo Fighters. It's nothing rock. like Rod Stewart or the Foo Fighters. Five. And coming in at number five is a time-honored tradition of thrash. Whether it's thrash, re-thrash, I don't give a shit, man. You might have noticed a theme from my list here. I love power. I love thrash. I love bands that have been doing it long enough to perfect the art. And with the release of Slime and Punishment, Municipal Waste has actually accomplished their perhaps most notable lyrics from their arguably most notorious song, The Art of Party. You see, that's what Slime and Punishment is. It's a thrash party. Perhaps the epitome of the album lies in the track Amateur Sketch, which rapid staccato riffs are followed by heart-pounding choruses that will regulate the most atrial fibrillating heartbeat. Slime and Punishment is classically municipal waste. Four. The band Doyle, the album Doyle 2 As We Die from Monster Man Records, released back in May. You've got to love the music of a man who refuses to record any music that's going to make him stress over having to play it live. 
listen, true to his punk roots of flat-out rebellion against the norms, but laced with metal guitar riffs and double bass beats, which allow for good moshing, Doyle, Wolfgang von Frankenstein's second offering, seems to be more refined in metal music. And with songs like Kiss Me As We Die and Blood on the Axe, Alex Story and Doyle have put together the perfect album. And coming in for the rest of Brian's list, we have the new Black Flag, Minor Threat, and Bad Brains at number one. And next week, we'll have our exclusive interview with Johnny Rotten here on The Great Punk Debate, because apparently we've changed shows and aren't talking about metal albums anymore. Three. You know, this is a band that I hadn't known a lot about until this album, but Woe to the Vanquished from Napalm Records, which came out in March, is Warbringer's best offering of their entire career. Listen, the title track starts with the words... To the victor go the spoils. And Warbringer definitely wins with this one. I started years ago talking about music that grabs you by the balls and pulls you along without a choice. And with songs like Remain Violent, Woe to the Vanquished, it starts dragging from song one and doesn't end to the last note of the guns fell silent. And that's exactly how it feels when the music stops. Like guns have stopped going off. This album is the embodiment of my vision of metal. Two. I almost put this album coming up as number one, but my number two album is Creator Gods of Violence from Nuclear Blast Record, released back way back in January. Listen, listen. This is quintessential thrash. One of the reasons I love thrash is because it sounds the same over and over. I don't need nostalgia with Creator and Gods of Violence. It's what they started with, and I have no doubt it's what they're going to end with. It fits all your crap definition of metal and boils up all the elemental emotions that I think don't just define metal. This album is metal. If you can listen to a song like Totalitarian Terror and not headbang, I have no problem saying categorically, you ain't metal, dude. And I think I might have accidentally converted to Satanism while listening to this album. This is one of your better picks, and... I really enjoy Creator. I got to see them opening for Arch Enemy a couple of years ago. I think this album is an outstanding addition to their catalog. One. Here it is, man. My number one album of the year. A Canadian metal band. A band that is power metal at its finest. From Napalm Records is the self-titled album Striker from the band Striker. Oh, my God, dude. Actually, this is a little harder album than they put out before. And yet, they're maintaining that classic striker sound. I rem- I, the first time I heard this music, I remember thinking, oh my God, this takes me back to when I was 18 and 19 and headbanging in the church parking lot and doing things I shouldn't be doing at that time. We were romping through the woods. We were loving music and loving life. And it absolutely made me alive again, dude. You hate nostalgia. I embrace it. I welcome it. I love it. This album took me back to a place where I was the best version of me. And I absolutely love Stryker's album, Stryker.
Before I go into my 20 top albums of the year, let me mention a few honorable mentions that didn't quite make the list, but I think are still excellent metal for this yeah, year. Yeah, let's have it, man. That would include Dragon Force, their album Reaching to Infinity, Empyrean Throne, Chaos Born. We played a song from that on the podcast. Seven Kingdoms, Decennium, Xandria's Theater of Dimensions, Pelorian, Obsidian Arc, Death of Kings, a band I got to see and meet, Kneel Before None, Sorrow's Path, Outstanding Doom Metal, Touching Infinity, and then a band that, man, I had them in and out of my top 20, so good, Mind Maze, their outstanding power metal album, Dude, I really like your Seven Kingdoms and Xandria picks. Both of those songs are decent. Uh, that's a pretty good list, man. 20. At 20, I have the sophomore release from Russian symphonic metal band Sanctorium. This album, Tessalization of the Universe, features well-crafted songs and outstanding singing from Daria Ariane Zukova. Eastern Europe is an underappreciated hotbed of metal, and Sanctorium are one of the best from that area. Oh, my God, dude. Listen, through your whole freaking list, man, you, you have these bands that sound it's just like one hodgepodge of music. And I'm not sure how you can call this metal because I don't know how you tell it's metal. 19. At 19 is Suffocation, their newest offering of the dark light. Brutal technical death metal band at Suffocation are back again this year. They have out-of-this-world riffing combined with insanely demented lyrics, arguably their best release since Despise the Sun. 18. I was really impressed by this album, Phoenix of Flame, by Arizona-based Insatia. And I thought the writing and composition was a real step up from their 2013 debut, Asylum Denied. There's some great songs here, including Sacred and the title track. Awesome power metal sound with great musicianship. Unfortunately, as... All too often happens, this band has since split up, leaving us with a couple of solid metal albums to remember them by. 17. At 17, Labyrinth's Architecture of a God. This might not be Return to Heaven Denied, but Labyrinth bring heaviness and progressive power together in ways here that truly impress. Skill, technicality, and beauty, keyboards and vocals dueling with the guitars. If you are a fan of true power metal, like Fate's Warning, Freedom Call, and Dream Theater, you need to add Labyrinth's Architecture of a God to your collection. Yeah, well, I would argue your definition of true power metal, but this is not a bad pick. 16. Brutal technical death metalers' origin returned this year with Unparalleled Universe, my 16th pick. As always, this band brings such strong musicianship and a live performance that is insane. Great production sound and just pure furious hatred spewed forth through incredible leads and utmost technical drum work. 15. At 15, I have Arch Enemy, Will to Power. Never count out Arch Enemy, always flying the black flags of melodic death metal. Maybe not as strong as War Eternal, but their latest released Will to Power is still a solid offering, including allowing vocalist Elisa White Gloves to occasionally show off her excellent clean vocals. The songs, though, were at their best, where Jeff Loomis is permitted to showcase his lead skills. Will to Power is certainly a return to power for Arch Enemy. 14. You always know what you're going to get with Goat Whore, black and death metal with a hint of thrash. But on Vengeful Ascension, 
my number 14 album for the year. Gotor departed from their longtime producer and have changed up their sound in some subtle ways that I find exciting. There's a lot of depth on these songs, and the music gives even more support to Ben Valgoth's terrifying lyrical disgorge. Ben's growls come with grit and ferocity, and the music is even more powerful than ever. Check out Vengeful Ascension by Gotor. Listen, man, I freaking love this album, man. I mean, this band knows how to metal. Great pick for you. It almost been my honorable mention, but I didn't want to load it up too much and seem like I was just being gratuitous. 13. Metal entrepreneurs Once Human return with their sophomore offering, Evolution, my 13th best album of the year. This album truly is an evolution from their earlier work with better overall musicianship and more persuasive songs. Lauren Hart's vocals remain brutal throughout, layering a crescendo of anger above the monolithic riffs. On Evolution, Once Human provide a solid brand of mellow death that is well worth checking out. 12. Discarnates With All Their Might is my 12th best album of 2017. I had not heard of this British metal collective until I saw them perform live on the 2017 Bloodletting Tour. And then you see these short-haired, almost GQ-looking guys come on on the stage, and I'm thinking, maybe I should skip this set. <laughs> Holy moly. Discarnate are absolute badasses. And their third full-length, with all their might, is an adventurous and emotionally rich death metal album. This is a gem that deserves much recognition and acclaim. 11. Number 11 is Amain by Finnish power Viking folk metalers Crimfall. Crimfall have been around for a few years now, and their latest release continues their ascent. Miku Halakonen and Helena Haparanta are a great counterbalance, contrasting soaring operatic singing with growls as well as any vocal duo. But what makes this album is the outstanding song composition and the excellent orchestrations, which blend seamlessly into the metal guise. Add Crimfall to my bucket list of bands that I must see live. 10. Exuvia by The Ruins of Beverast is my pick for the 10th best album of the year. I received the promo for this album in an email and completely passed it over, because honestly, I'm just not usually into one-man productions. But when I finally took the time to listen, wow, I was blown away. The incorporation of Native American musical elements is done with stunning effectiveness, most musicians trying to integrate these sounds into the black metal context would surely crash and burn in the attempt. In contrast, this album soars with complex and diverse songs that capture a variety of atmospheres. I really encourage fans of progressive black metal to check out this album, Exuvia. Dude, you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm not kidding, man. You should really be ashamed of yourself for including this album in your list. Your metal gets more and more fucked up as we go along. I, I can't tell where one sound ends and one begins. It's like ambient noise. I turned on the TV on a fuzzy station, and it sounded the same as this album, dude. I have no idea how you call this metal. Nine. For my ninth album of 2017, I choose South Carolinian death metalers Your Chance to Die and their album Ex Nihilo. Ex Nihilo is the first Your Chance to Die album to feature their twin growl attack pairing long-standing vocalist Missy Avila and the addition of ex-cerebral bore frontperson Psalm Flojimers. Their combined tortured vocal aesthetics is a joy to listen to, and the attuned listener can really differentiate which frontperson is singing which part. 
the band has moved more toward technical death metal from their earlier efforts and includes some atmospheric shading on Ex Nihilo that complements Extreme Cordage. A killer album by a killer band. And Doran outfit Persephone with Athma. Man, I really find Persephone's brand of progressive, melodic death metal to be persuasive music. This album is replete with cascading melodic instrumentation, augmented with a balanced blend of harsh and clean vocals. All the instruments flow right and work like a well-oiled machine. Athma represents an over an hour of unadulterated metal euphoria. I already have my ticket to see this act in the coming year, and I will definitely be down at the barrier for the experience. Seven. Folk metal with a dollop of black metal influence throughout. Quebec act Valfreya return after almost five years with Promised Land, my seventh best metal album of the year. Although folk metal is definitely the dominant structure, Valfreya are certainly no mere Corpaclani clones. This album has an amazing variety of sounds, and you'll find yourself surprised with each new genre splicing composition. Singer Crook's black metal shrieking is otherworldly and her cleans are similarly impressive. You can hear the band maturing with this music, one of the best albums of 2017. Six. Immolation have been delivering death metal since the 90s, and with their newest album, Atonement, again providing dark and ominous riffing from the twin guitars, as has become the trademark. Tunes like Throne to the Fire, Fostering the Divide, and the title track are meaty slabs of metal that are gripping and memorable. The vocals are powerful and abrasive on every song, spewing nihilistic lyrics appropriate to the accompanying score. Atonement is definitely a classic death metal album that should be added to any metalhead's collection. Five. For my fifth best metal album of 2017, I have Aussie Progressive Death Metal League, Ni Avisarius. These metal maestros create an amalgam of music that is admittedly difficult to describe stylistically. That's not typically the recipe that excites me, but I find with Urn that Ni Avlisarius is able to pull off the con with adept. There's plenty of chugging chords and bold guitars here, but for my money, the superbly situated violins are what put this over the top from another proggy death metal act. The clean vocal lines are well executed, and the overall balance becomes more alluring with every listen. No list of best metal albums of this year will be complete without urn. Four. Artificial Brain with Infrared Horizon. I had the opportunity to meet these guys and see them perform last year, and I was absolutely hooked. And with the release of Infrared Horizon, Artificial Brain has taken it up a notch. This album is full of jumbled grooves and hypnotic melodies, fused to form first-rate songs. Guitarist Dan Gargiulo, better known from his work in Revocation, provides a potent mix of technical death metal riffs that flow seamlessly into the Byzantine atmosphere the band has created. And growler Will Smith effectively infuses each track with raw, gurgly goodness frothing over the music. Infrared Horizon is a classic example of dissonant death metal done right. Three. I've been a fan of Montreal's Car Chaos since their debut EP in Burning Skies in 2011. The band has gone through many transformations since then, but their latest release, Children of the Void, certainly represents their best work yet. Vicky Boyer's throaty growls and solid singing is a welcome addition, as his new drummer, Justine Etier's dynamic percussion. 
But the hallmark of this band is how they effectively employ keyboards to conjure atmospheric symphonies that interplay deftly with the catchy guitar work. A lively neckbreaker of an album, Children of the Void provides an onslaught of melodic death metal madness in your ears from the beginning to end. Two. Western Canadian technical death metalers Archspire returned this year with one of their strongest offerings ever, Relentless Mutation. These extreme metal masterminds have never been ones to take the easy path, but they have outdone themselves with this release. Tracks like Human Murmuration and The Mimic Well all display equal parks, subtlety, and shredding. Relentless Mutation keeps the listener guessing throughout the schizophrenic change-ups and unpredictable rhythms. Yet the technicality of the music never feels forced. My single quibble with this album is that at just over 30 minutes, it isn't much more than an EP in length, and so the listener is definitely left wanting more. But the songs are so captivating, the music so good, Artspar has provided a can't-miss with Relentless Mutation. Stay tech! This is kick-ass, cutting-edge death metal. It's inventive and not afraid to show it. It's technically stunning, very engaging, definitely one of your best picks. One. There's nothing more exciting than discovering young, new musicians who bring forth fresh, innovative perspective to music. That's Seven Spires. This act, composed of amazing young artists from Berkeley School of Music, who produced my number one album for 2017, Solvay. These kids are masters of creating recurring, compositional themes that just get stronger and more prevalent over the course of the album. Sasha Payeth, Known for working with metal juggernauts like Epica, Camelot, and Rhapsody of Fire, was the producer on this one, and you can feel his experienced hand lightly shaping the work of these young, raw, musical geniuses. Adrian Cowan's voice is outstanding, smart singing punctuated by black metal shrieks, and guitarist Jack Costo is brilliant with his guitar work. Every track has its own special chemistry and feel. They are all compelling songs forged into an epic story arc. One of the most exciting metal albums to grace my ears in a long time. This band was at Prague Power USA this year, and I'm so hoping to have a chance to catch them live in 2018. Let's play a track from this amazing album, the song Stay from Soul Bay. And then after the break, Brian, we'll touch on some albums we're looking forward to in 2018.
we've reviewed some amazing albums from 2017, but there are some awesome albums coming forth in 2018. I want to mention a few that I'm looking forward to. Watain's Trident Wolf Eclipse, the new one from Adavant, The Unyielding, Leaves Eyes album, The Sign of the Dragonhead. I already have an album review up for that, as well as Grave Shadows, Ambition's Price. Also, in 2018, Anvil, Pounding the Pavement, Saxon, Thunderbolt, the great Japanese band, Loudness, Rise to Glory, Corrosion of Conformity has No Cross, No Crown coming out, Zach Wilde and the Black Label Society with Grimmest Hits. And, and you won't understand this because you've given them up to the past, but Judas Priest is coming out with their new album, Firepower. Classic, classic metal bands putting it out there. We'll be back next year to talk about these releases with more podcast debates, as well as artist interviews, fancasts, and album reviews. You can listen to all our content via SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube, as well as following us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 